The Living Bible says He created everything there is. Nothing exists that He didn't make. He, God, has spoken to us through His Son, through whom He made the world and everything there is. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Most people don't ever stop to think that Jesus wasn't just a nice guy or a loving, inspirational personality, but he was very God-wrapped in skin. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you for joining us today. We're starting a new series I'm calling, Our King Has Come. It's a Christmas series, and I know it's going to bless you. Jesus once asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? His disciples shot back with several answers, but only one of them got it right. Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Who do you think Jesus was? Have you ever sat down to ponder that question? Because your eternal destiny is riding on your conclusion. If that sounds strong, let's see what the Bible has to say about who Jesus was and what that means to us as we continue with our Christmas series. Here's the message, Jesus was God. I know it's a mind bender, but listen, God never began, and neither did Jesus. Listen to John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, the Word being Jesus, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Now what beginning? The beginning of creation. When God flung the stars into space and said, let there be light and let the birds fill the air and the fishes the sea. When all of that was happening for the very, very first time, when God was creating everything we see, touch, taste, and smell, He was there. Jesus was there. Living Bible says this, before anything else existed, there was Christ. I'm going to read that again. Before anything else existed, there was Jesus with God. Then it says He's always been alive and is Himself God, John 1, 1 and 2. So clearly the testimony of Scripture is that our Jesus who came into our hearts, who poured His love out on us by the power of the Holy Spirit, our Jesus was God. And He's coming back. He's coming back. So can you say with me, He was God. Now the second thing I see here, in these powerful verses, he was the perfect mirror reflection of God the Father. If you want to know what God that you can't see, as a matter of fact, the Bible says he's invisible. Jesus said he's invisible. God the Father is invisible. But if you want to know what the invisible God looks like and what he is like, if you want to know what his character is like and the way he sees you, the way he feels towards you, the way he feels towards the human race, you need only look at Jesus. He's the perfect mirror reflection of God the Father. Colossians 1.15, listen to this. The Bible says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. 
Hebrews chimes in with the same thing. He is the radiance of God's glory, the exact expression of his nature. He's the exact, precise, unerring reflection and representation of God's nature. Jesus is. People say, oh, I'm afraid of that God that's in the Bible, that Old Testament fire-breathing You know, smoke everywhere, thunder, lightning, scary, frightening, where the people were afraid to approach him. You're just seeing a part of what the Bible says about God. If you want to know what he's really like, look at Jesus. That's what the Bible says. Look at Jesus. And Jesus, again, he said this very thing about himself. One day he told a follower of his name, Philip. He said, if I've been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Philip had said, you know, Lord, wow, I've been following you for a while now. Can you just show us the Father? And Jesus said, what are you talking about? Because as you've walked with me and you've watched the way I love and heal and deliver and teach and you've seen my character, you've seen my nature, he said, Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen God the Father. Because I am the perfect mirror reflection of him. Look in your Bible and see his compassion on the sick and lost. Read the red ink. Just go home and look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read the red ink. Read about Jesus. Look in your Bible and watch his compassion on the sick and the lost. Watch him heal and comfort the downcast. Behold his mastery in understanding the heart of man like no one else. Consider how the forces of nature obeyed his very word. Ponder all these things and know that as you watch him and follow his footsteps, he is perfectly reflecting God. So say with me, he was God. He perfectly reflected God. Now I see a third thing. Are you ready? He created all things. Our Jesus created all things. Well, wait a minute. I thought he was just God's son. And came to redeem us. I didn't know anything about all that. Watch this. He, Jesus, created all things. Listen, John 1, 3. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing, nothing, nothing. You know what that means in the Greek? Nothing. (laughs) Was made without... Him. All things were made through Him. And like I like to say, God don't make no junk. And God made you. And everything we can see, hear, taste, touch, and smell. Are you ready? He made it. The Living Bible says He created everything there is. Nothing exists that He didn't make. Hebrews again chimes in. Listen to it. He, God, has spoken to us through his Son, through whom he made the world and everything there is. The New Living Translation says, through the Son, he created the universe. Do you know that scientists to this day cannot fully plumb the universe? They still have not gotten to the end of the universe. They always come back and say, we can't reach the end of the universe. It just goes and it goes. Solar system after solar system after solar system. It is unfathomable. It is unreachable. It is incomprehensibly huge. And I want you to know that that all came forth from the fingertips of Jesus. (laughs) 
You know that I love nature. I do. I appreciate nature. As a little bitty guy, you're going to think I'm weird, but I'm just going to tell you. When I was seven years old, eight years old, I used to get the World Book Encyclopedia. <laughs> you can picture me doing this, I know. And I would go into the woods because I wanted to know what the birds were. I was so fascinated with the creation of God. I learned all the birds. I learned the reptiles. I learned the mammals. I wanted to know everything that was out there because nature fascinated me. Though I did not know God, I was fascinated with what he made. The Bible says he made the things we can see to teach us about things we cannot see, Romans 1. So I would go out there, and little did I know that God was watching down on little Jeff, and he knew just a few short years, and he's going to know me and understand where all this came from. So when I watch a beautiful bird sitting in the branches of a tree, they are marvels. And, or I consider how a gorgeous monarch butterfly crawls out of that lowly cocoon to spread its beautiful wings. He goes from a little crawly caterpillar that wants to only eat, 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 and he comes out, this beautiful creature, this butterfly. Or I think about the vast reaches of outer space like I was just talking about. I realize now that all these things came from the fingertips of the hands that were nailed to a cross for me. Those hands that were nailed flung the stars into space. Apparently the creation of the universe went something like this. God spoke it. The Son amended it, and the Spirit brought it to pass. Jesus himself said in the Gospels, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Do you see what that's telling us? That there was and is a beautiful cooperation and unity between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in everything that is done. God speaks it, the Son amends it, All the promises of God are yea and amen in Him. And the Spirit of God launches it. And that's where everything came from. Can I tell you the truth about something? If I was an atheist, really, truly, didn't believe in God at all, and you told me the theory of evolution, and I really thought it through logically and commonsensically, I couldn't believe it. Because you know why? It doesn't account... For the beginning. I don't care how far back you go. Big bang, whatever. That doesn't account for the beginning. And clearly we're looking at a design. We're looking at something fashioned. We're looking at something made. And if you accept evolution, you can't accept the Bible because the Bible totally contradicts evolution. Jeff, don't tell me you're an intellectual idiot that you don't believe in evolution. I feel I would have to become that to believe it. Seriously. I'm serious. Just logically, I can't follow it to the end. But what I can embrace is that clearly we're looking at a grand design that came from a grand designer. So say with me, Jesus was very God the Son. He perfectly reflected the Father. He created the universe. And I'm going to close with this. This is a mind blower. This is a mind bender. But I've got to tell you because this is part of Jesus. He is the literal sustainer of his creation. 
He sustains it. Are you ready? Listen to this. Colossians 1.17, all things, that means you, that means the chair you're sitting in, that means your house, your car, this building, everything made up of atoms and molecules and protons and electrons, all things, everything, all things are held together by Him. Now that's amazing. And again, here comes Hebrews chiming in. He sustains everything, Hebrews 1.3. He sustains everything by the mighty power of His command. Now we're going where angels fear to tread. We are going here in something that most people never think about, but I want you to think about it with me. The Amplified says, He is upholding and maintaining and propelling all things, the entire physical and spiritual universe, by His powerful Word carrying the universe along to its predetermined goal. Whoa. Let me blow your mind here for a minute. This means that by the Word of Jesus, we just read it, by the Word of Jesus, the universe is a cosmos instead of a chaos. Because of the Word of Jesus, the universe is a cosmos, a unified, connected, cohesive cosmos instead of a crazy chaos. Without Jesus, the universe would fly completely apart. It would instantly implode and explode. That's what we're being told here. And this is the same Bible that gave you John 3, 16. If you call on the name of Jesus, you'll be saved. Listen to the profundity of the Bible. Listen to the profound statements being made. Listen to this. It's telling us about the very makeup of matter. Watch this. Without Jesus, the universe would fly apart. It would implode. He's the super glue that holds everything together. One commentator writes this, were he to merely relax his grasp on the universe, every atom would come apart. Scripture says that the universe is sustained by his word, and you know what? It will end by his word. It's not going to come to some evolutionary climax and end via the process of evolution finally expiring. That's not the way it's going to end. The universe is going to end by the word of Jesus. Because right now he's sustaining it. It's being held together. Why does he still sustain this old world? If I was God, I'd wrap this thing up today. I'd just wrap it up. I'm so tired of people hurting and violence and bloodshed and suffering. I would just wrap it up. So sometimes... You know, you go, why, Lord, are you sustaining this world? Why haven't you come back yet with all of its problems, all of its heartaches, all of its bloodshed, all of its wickedness? And I'm going to give you the answer. Here it is. He's not willing that any should perish. Listen, hell is so bad. Hell is so bad that it says... He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And another verse that says, the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. He is holding back. He's sustaining it. He hasn't let it go yet because somebody still needs to be saved. Somebody needs to be redeemed. And watch this. When Noah was building the ark, from the time God told him to build it, 
to the time he finished it, it was 120 years. For 120 years, he was the mockery of his generation. Nobody believed him. He was that crazy old man at the end of the road building a boat where there was no water. Everybody thought he was a nut. The little kids made fun of him on the way to school. He was the brunt of everybody's joke, old Noah. But it says in Hebrews that Noah got a word from God. And it says, moved with fear, he prepared the ark to the saving of his soul. Noah got a word from God when there was no Bible. God spoke to him. After 120 years, and all the animals had gathered, and the ark was full, it was Noah and his family, and God knew not one person is going to get in to this ark. And it says, God shut the door. He didn't ask Noah to do it. And I fully understand why. Because when that door was shut, rain started to fall. And something was seen that it had never been seen. You see, his whole message was, something is coming out of the sky that you've never seen. Because before Noah, the earth was watered by a mist that came up from the ground. We're told that. The whole ecology of the world changed after Noah. So they'd never seen rain come from the sky. His message was, something's going to come down from the sky you've never seen. Our message is, someone is coming from the sky. Now watch this. God shut the door, and the rain began to fall. Let us in. And Noah knew, I didn't shut that door. The day came when the door was shut. Now here's the message. This is why the most important question you'll ever answer is this one. Have you called out to Jesus to forgive you? Not where am I going to go to school, not what degree am I going to get, not where am I going to live, not who am I going to marry, not what am I going to wear, not how much money am I going to make. None of those questions are the most important. The most important question is what are you going to do with Jesus? I'm presenting Jesus to you today, who the Bible says he is. Just as Noah's door was shut, the door will shut on salvation. And the Bible describes exactly what's going to happen when, by the word of Jesus, it all ends. Listen to this. This is heavy stuff. I know. But listen. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise. And the elements, remember that word, elements, will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be dissolved, burned up. Now, the Greek word for elements, you're not going to believe me when I tell you this, but it's true. The Greek word for elements here means the building blocks of the universe, which is the atom. And the word dissolved means unloosed, loosed. It's the Greek word luo, loosed. Here's what we're being told. This first century former fisherman, this is what blows me away. You know who wrote this telling us about the building blocks of the universe? Old, crusty, sun-baked, uneducated Simon Peter. Follow me, Peter, and I'm going to make you to become fishers of men. Well, look what he became. He went from simple fisherman to an intellectual giant. Listen to this. Simon Peter is telling us by the revelation of the Holy Spirit that the day will come when God will let go of the nuclear forces that hold the atom together. He's going to let it go. 
And every atom is going to come apart. And that fully explains everything being in a meltdown. The result was a deafening noise. Peter wrote, there will be a deafening noise accompanied with a universal meltdown. That's where the earth is headed. And that's the way the world as we know it is going to end. Now, I want you to breathe deep. Turn to your spouse and say, Mary, this is heavy stuff. Now watch. Breathe deep and let's return to the first seven words of our text. Say with me, who? Being in the form of God. Paul is reaching back to a time way before the first Christmas in Bethlehem, way before the creation of the world. He's reaching back, back, further back, ever more back, way back in eternity. And there in eternity past is where Christmas was first conceived because God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit had a conference They knew that man would be created and they knew he would fall into sin. They had to know because of what I'm about to read to you. And so the plan for man's salvation was decided way back there. We would be redeemed by blood, the blood of God the Son. God the Son said, Father, I will become one of them. I'll live a sinless life. I'll then give my life for the redemption of the world. And I will rise from the dead on their behalf. You know how I know this is what was said and what's true? Listen to 1 Peter 1.20. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. There you go. Long before the world began, he was chosen to be our ransom. Do you know when Christmas began? Way back then. All the baby being born in the Bethlehem, in that little manger, that was just a manifestation of what had been decided and decreed eons before. So as Christmas approaches, let's remember that very God became very man. He lived a sinless life. He was killed on the cross as a common criminal, spilled his blood for our sins, and rose from the dead on our behalf. What a powerful thing to consider. Most people never stop to think during the hustle and bustle of Christmas who it is that stands at the center of this holiday. We sing the sentimental songs about a babe in a manger, never stopping to ponder that this was very God incarnate, that Jesus was God wrapped in flesh, that he came to earth on a rescue mission to deliver us from our sin and to secure our entrance into heaven. Have you ever really thought about that? If not, I urge you to take a moment and just think about the person of Jesus, who he was, why he came, and what that means to you. Here at Life Talk, we want nothing more than for you to experience success in your Christian life, and that's why we're making a very special offer to our Life Talk listeners. Here's our announcer to tell you more. Jesus Was God is the first message of Pastor Jeff's new series, Our King Has Come. You can own a copy of this four-CD set for just $20 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. 
Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Our King Has Come, for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. Hi, this is Jeff Wickwire, the host of Life Talk Radio, and I've got some exciting news for you. It's been in my heart for quite some time to see our Turning Point worship team produce their own Christ-exalting music. And you know what? It's finally happened. TPC Worship's debut album, Mercy Triumphs, is available right now on iTunes and Amazon, or you can visit tpcfamily.org forward slash worship to get your copy today. That's tpcfamily.org forward slash worship and get your copy, and I know it's going to be a blessing to you. been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener supported ministry. We exist to bring God's word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.